Rise Up theme song, take 19. Answering the difficult and critical questions youth may face that relate to Mormon culture and teachings, this is the Rise Up Podcast, produced by Fair Mormon. From Baptist preacher to Mormon teacher, Wayne Myers has a unique and powerful conversion story. In this interview, Wayne tells me of the events from early on in his life to the time he met his now wife, and how these experiences have brought him to be baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Learn of the way he was able to overcome his concerns about the priesthood ban prior to 1978, now serving as second counselor in the Genesis group of the church. Wayne Myers is a native of Dayton, Ohio, and a graduate of John H. Patterson High School, where he was a state discus champion and musician. After graduation, Wayne enlisted in the United States Army and served a tour of duty in Bad Kissington, Germany. After his military career, Wayne returned to the U.S. and began preaching at True Vine Missionary Baptist Church, where he preached for over five years and was then introduced to the LDS Church by his now wife, Sabrina. Wayne developed a passion for finance after his military career and enrolled in the Alpha and Omega College of Real Estate in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and became a loan originator in 2007. Investing in insurance businesses, he and his family moved to Terre Haute, Indiana in 2009. Wayne became very active in the Terre Haute community. Wayne has also been an active member in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints since 1995 and served on the Bloomington, Indiana Stake High Council before moving to Salt Lake City, Utah and being called as a second counselor in the Genesis Group Leadership. Wayne and Sabrina are the proud parents of seven amazing children, and uh, he joins us today to tell us about his very interesting life story. So thank you for coming in and talking with us. Thanks, Nick, for having me. Yeah, and I... I Noticed in your bio, and I didn't read this because I kind of wanted to lead into it, but you have a son who's currently serving a mission in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana mission. Well, yeah, actually, he's, uh, we, we he just picked now? him up. He's home. We just picked him up uh, December the 20th. Oh, okay. So That's where I now. served. Really? That was my mission. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I served from 97 to 99. Yeah. It's a good, good place. Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it. We went and picked him up. <laughs> Did you have a fun trip? Tour, oh, it was, tour it was awesome. Area? It was awesome. Did you eat the fried alligator? Of course. <laughs> of course. I Oh, I had it all. I had squirrel and dove gumbo. I had, you name it. Yeah. It was lovely. It was awesome. But uh, yeah, awesome. Well, the story of you coming to find the church has some interesting twists and turns and and would be a great way to get to know you if you would tell us that story, uh, starting with, of course, your military career and leading up to you becoming a Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm. So why don't, we, why don't we start with that? What brought you to the military? When I was in high school, I was a performer in, uh, in a local school band, and we had a recording contract with uh, Teddy wow. Pendergrass Productions out of Atlanta. And uh, long story short... Um, there were some things that happened in, in my relationship with uh, my first wife, who later became my first wife. Uh, she got pregnant. And uh, one of the things I wanted to make sure I did was take care of my children. And so my father was a musician as well, and he sang with uh, Archie Bell and the Drells, did some shows with The Temptations, and uh, a lot of the—he uh, sang. He was actually oh, the lead okay. singer. Uh, he plays the piano now, but— uh, he was traveling with kind of like Barry Gordy in the Motown uh, as a uh, backup singer and stage performer. 
which uh, took him away from the family quite a bit. Mm. And so I decided that's not what I wanted to do, and I wanted to make sure I took care of my children. And so I joined the military. That's pretty uh, questionable, though, because you yeah. got, ended up going to Germany, right? I did. So, I did. So did your family go with you? They later came. Okay. They later came. Uh, I went to Germany in November or the, toward the end of November of 1988. And uh, my family joined me, uh, my wife and the, uh, only son at that time, joined me uh, in April of 89, I believe it was. Mm. So how then did you come across this idea of, of becoming a, a preacher? I know that there was some experiences that you had in your life that during even the military service kind of led you into thinking that there was, that God had a, a position for you, a calling, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that? Well, when I was really young, I was maybe eight or nine, somewhere around that age, and I was sitting in a Baptist church, and I was listening to the pastor uh, preach, and uh, as he was preaching, it was as if he kind of transformed into me, as if, you know, it was kind of like an out-of-body experience, if that's what you want to call it, for lack of a better term. And as I watched him and I saw myself, I was just like, wow. This was really strange, and at that point, you know, the Spirit spoke to me, or, you know, you kind of get that burn in the bosom, and the Spirit just really said to me that that's what you'll be doing. That's what I want you to do. So when I kind of—there was, was a young man and uh, some other, you know, youth in the church, but there was this one in particular young man who had uh, been called to preach some years later after that experience, and I was kind of afraid. I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I was so young. And so I didn't really act on that. I didn't talk to anyone about it. But maybe when I turned about 15, I talked to my mother about it. And uh, there was another young man who was already preaching. That The book goes into detail about that. But there was another young man who was also preaching. And I was talking to my mom and kind of asking her, what do I do with this? You know, what, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, I believe God has called my life to be preaching. And, and I didn't really know how to go about it. And she said, well, ask the Lord for something. Sure. And if he, if he gives it to you then that's your sign. And she kind of likened it to the, the wool, you know, being cast. And if one, if it's wet and the dew around it is the ground is dry and then, you know, then kind of like that type of thing. So I said, uh, well, let me ask the Lord for something. And we were standing in the restroom as she, we were preparing. I think we were getting ready to go to church and that's what brought the conversation on. And, uh, I said, well, if the Lord blessed me with a Jaguar, then I know it's time for me to go preach, right? <laughs> and uh, my mom, she started chuckling. She, you know, she laughed, and I said, "Well, you know, maybe it would be more realistic if if the Lord blesses me with a with the Bible, with the Word, then I'll I'll go preach." And she said, "Well, there you'll it is. know. There it is." So when I got to Germany, I was sitting on the side of my bunk, and I was looking out the window, and uh, like I said, my father was never there, and so my mother and I, we had an awesome, well. We had a really good relationship where we talked quite a bit. I was sitting on my bunk, and I was alone by myself. It was probably 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. It was really late, after midnight. And my mom and I, when, we were, when I was growing up, we would sit outside and look at the, you know, the brightest star in the sky. And she used to tell me, you know, when you're out and you're grown and you're on your own, you know, you can remember the words and the conversations that we had looking at that star. So when I was sitting on a bunk, I was looking at that star and just kind of reminiscing about some of the conversations that my mother and I had had. And there was a Bible that I had purchased at a bookstore. And again, the, to, which the, again, the book goes into detail about that. But the Bible that I had purchased in the bookstore was sitting on a nightstand. And as I was looking at that star, the Spirit said to me, you know, 
I blessed you with my word. It's time for you to go preach. And I'm thinking, what? You know, I'm just kind of like, in the military. Yeah, right? I'm in the military. What are you talking about? And the spirit said to me again, you know, it's time for you to go preach. There's the Bible that you asked me for. And when I looked over and I remembered the conversation I had with my mom and I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. So I went to the chaplain and the chaplain kind of looked at me and said, well, son, we don't deal in mysticisms. So, uh, but I know a person that you could probably go and speak with who will probably have a better idea of how to direct you. And he sent me to one of the pastors that was a Kojic pastor, which is, you know, Church of God in Christ. And so I talked with him and him and I kind of hit it off and one thing led to another. And I preached my first sermon in Bad Kissing in Germany in, uh, in uh, 1989. And you still remember that? I do. <laughs> do you remember yeah. what you talked about? I did. I talked about uh, Saul. Um, okay. When Saul was uh, called to be the king from Samuel and Samuel asked him, you know, if you did what you were told to do, why do I hear the the fat the fattening of the rams and you know and so my my whole sermon was wrapped around obedience is better than sacrifice excellent so that was the topic very cool so now you're you're a uh, i guess you're preaching it in the military kind of or at least in germany in germany yes okay so where does yeah. the true vine missionary baptist church come in how do you get connected there so we were on post i don't know have you ever been in the military before i have not been in the military okay no. are you familiar with Revly? Yes. Okay. So when Reveille plays, then you know that the bass, if you're on post, the bass is like still. There's no movement. Well, I worked with probably anywhere between maybe 8 to 15 young men, soldiers, and we were all part of this uh, fire and brimstone preaching team. Okay. And we went around post, and people would see us. And they said we were worse than Reveille. <laughs> so they were ducking and dodging when we were coming, gotcha. you know. And um, it really, it got really, 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 really heated a lot of times, the mm. discussions. And one day I was with this young man and, and, and we were preaching and, you know, a couple different soldiers and we were just kind of lightening everybody. And uh, one of the young men said to me, he said, uh, Myers, uh, let me ask you a question. I said, okay, well, sure, go ahead. He said, uh, when you get ready to eat, do you wash your hands because they're already clean or do you wash your hands because they're dirty? I thought to myself, well, you wash your hands because they're dirty and you want to get them clean. I was like, why would, you know, I'm thinking to myself, that's a, weird question. that's a weird question. You know, why would you ask yeah. me something like that? Then he looked at, looked at me again and he said, well, let me ask you this. When you get sick or when you go to the hospital, do you go to the hospital because you're sick or do you go to the hospital because you're already well? I'm going, do I go to the hospital because I'm sick? Who is this guy? And, and, and where did you come up with these questions, right? And I said, of course, you, if, you, know, you go to the hospital because you're sick and not because you're well. He said, well, Christ is the same way. You come unto Christ because you need to get, you, you, you're unclean and you need to be clean. You, know, you don't come to Christ already clean. And that kind of shook me to my core, you know, trying to preach to people and tell them that you, you know, you got to be clean and you got to be righteous and this and that and the other. And I thought about that thing for a while and it just kind of just, it was really key. It was a, it was a key point in my life that, that really kind of split the road for me mm -hmm. where I could actually see a little more clearly now. And so uh, I thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, man, this just doesn't, this doesn't seem right. And there were two, two churches that I had visited. One was the uh, New Jerusalem church, Church of God in Christ that I visited. And then there was another one off post that I visited when I first got there 
to, uh, to Germany. And these two pastors were warring against each other constantly. Mm. And the church I chose to go to, I went to the pastor's house. To, uh, he invited me over, him and his wife invited me over to uh, meet his daughter or, you know, have dinner. I believe that, the, that I found out later the daughter was interested in, you know, meeting me. And I thought, well, any, I'll go to dinner. Anyway, while we were sitting there, a bang on the door. Boom, like the police, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, who is this? The pastor got up and I said, well, you know, what's going on? And the other, when he opened the door, it was the other pastor. I told you about preaching against me. I told you about stealing my members and this and that and the other. <laughs> Well, wow. they were both Kojic in a sense, Pentecostal. One church believed that you should baptize in the name of Jesus only. The other church believed that you should baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so they were warring for members. And when that happened, it just shook me. I thought, man, this is crazy. Why are these two preachers, men of God, uh, fighting against each other and, 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 and really just you know battling over members? And so after dinner... I just, that left such a bad taste in my mouth, plus what we were already doing, plus the questions that young man had asked me. And so I thought to myself, if I'm going to really find out what I need to do, one of the things I've learned, my mom always taught me as a kid, you always have to pray and you have to ask God. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I need to pray about this, which, which of these two churches I should attend because these men, you know, are just kind of warring against each other, and I need to know which one of them has the truth. Should they be baptized in the name of Jesus only or the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? So the way I figured I'd do it was go and pray. So I went up to this mountain. I had went that Friday night. We had Friday night service. I went to the pastor and told him that I wasn't going to be uh, attending church that night, that I was, you know, going on a spiritual journey, and I needed to go talk to Heavenly Father. I needed to do it alone. And so it was, it was probably it was late around seven, maybe eight o'clock at night, maybe a little later, but it was dark. And I went and packed my duffel bag and threw it over my shoulder and walked out the back gate through the beautiful, you know, uh, walkways that they had that led up to the castle that was right behind the post and the woods and, you know, beautiful scenery. And I pitched my tent and uh, kneeled and got ready to pray. And as I was praying, all of a sudden I hear this, and I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> you know, and it's dark, and I'm thinking, fool. Who's, who's yeah. out there? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. You a black man in the middle of a, 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 a German forest. On a, Nobody knows where you are. Yeah. This, this was not well thought out, right? <laughs> so I hurried up and, you know, took my tent down, packed it. Got my got my bag back on. I said, I'm going to head it back down the mountain. I, and I walk around the front of the castle, and there were soldiers sitting there, and they were talking, you know, talking and drinking some beer. And I thought to myself, Father, I thought them demons was coming to get me, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, I sat, sat there and talked with them for a while. And then I head on back down the mountain to my room where I should have been in the first place, right? Because I could have prayed just as easy right there as opposed to on the mountain. But I wanted to have this great spiritual experience. You know, I just really felt <laughs> yeah. this great need to go in the woods and be by myself. Which and, isn't terrible. Yeah, right? which is not terrible. It wasn't yeah. a terrible idea. It just should have been in the daytime. I <laughs> went back to my room and prayed, got on my knees and prayed and asked, asked God, which, which of those two churches I should attend. And as I sat there and prayed, Heavenly Father said, neither one of them. I was like, what? Neither one of them? No, neither one of them. I was like, this can't be right. So I got to ask again, Heavenly Father, which of these two churches should I go to? I got to go to one of them. One of them has the truth. Heavenly Father said, no. 
I'm going to show you when you get back to the United States, I'll show you what church you need to go to. But right now, you don't need to be a part of either one of those churches. It was like, say what? All right, Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to leave. And so the book goes into more detail about, you know, what happened, how I told, you know, and this and that and the other. Long story short, I left Germany, went to went back to the United States in 1990 where I met uh, uh, the person who introduced me into True Vine Missionary Baptist Church, got with the pastor there and started preaching there. And so that was kind of kind of how that went. Yeah. And so you did that for how many years? Um, I preached there until 1995, till, till June, uh, May, April, May of 95. Okay. And then you meet what will be your wife. Yeah. So yeah. how did, how did you meet her and, and wh- why was that so significant with respect to your conversion? It was June 26th. Ah, uh, you 19, remember the date. Oh man. 1995 nice. at 10.05. <laughs> oh. right. Wow. How many years ago? So, <laughs> but, um. And so I was sitting on, and the only, I mean, the reason I remember it was a, a very significant night, but I was a bus driver. And so it was my job to know what time it was. And, you okay. know, I was on a bus schedule. So uh, I got there about maybe 9, 59, 10 o'clock, somewhere around there. I had a five minute layover. And as I was sitting there, a young lady gets on the bus. I was reading something. I don't remember if it was the scriptures or the newspaper, but I was reading. And as I was reading, this young lady gets on the bus and she walks past me. And as she walks past me, I feel this powerful spirit like I had never felt in my life before. I mean, it was awesome. And I lift my head up and I'm like, what was that? I kind of liken it to the experience where Christ, where the woman that had the issue of blood, she crawled and touched him, you know, Jesus' garment. And Christ said he felt virtue go out of his body. Well, I felt this virtue touch me. And it was phenomenal. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, what is this? And I turned around. And I see this beautiful young lady. She's sitting on the bus. She has two children with her. And the spirit says to me, that's your wife. Really? That clearly? That clearly. Wow. That's your wife. And I'm like, say what? <laughs> that's your wife. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Here we go. Right? I'm thinking now me and Heavenly Father, we kind of going back and forth about this. And I'm thinking, well, how's that my wife? I'm, I'm, I am in the middle of going through a divorce at this point. And okay. again, the book goes, goes into more detail about that. But I'm in the middle of going through a divorce. And I said, well, Heavenly Father, if this is my wife, uh, or, or at this point, I'm going, as he tells me, the one that you have currently is the one you chose, but she's the one that I chose for you. And I'm like, well, Heavenly Father, if that's my wife, you need to tell her because she don't look like she want to hear it from me. <laughs> you know, she had... Uh, She'd gone to college. She was in, in, in the process of a um, degree program where she was in early childhood development and education. So she started her day probably around 4 o'clock in the morning, getting her two kids up, getting on the bus, going from Centerville, Ohio, all the way to Dayton, Ohio, to Sinclair Community College. And after she left college, or she would take her kids to daycare, then go back to school, take her classes, go back to the daycare she was working at, work there, and she stayed there until uh, got off work around nine thirty at night. Then get on the bus and wow. go. so she had a long day. So long story kids, short, apparently, yeah, exactly right. So long story short, she didn't she didn't look like she wanted to hear anything you know about her being my wife and all that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. She had this kind of crazy look on her face, like don't say anything to me, you know. And so Heavenly Father told me, he said, "Tell her she has a beautiful spirit." And I'm like, "Really? Yeah, that's quite a pickup line." Yeah, I'm thinking. Okay, if you're going to be my wingman, you got to give me something better, right? <laughs> you got to give me something better than that. So I turn around and look at her. I'm like, oh, 
I'm like, excuse me, but you have a beautiful spirit. Nick, she just began to <laughs> blush and smile and say thank you. And I was just like, whoa. It worked. <laughs> it worked. You the man, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, so every Monday night we met there for uh, the next month or so. And we just talked and, and, and she introduced me to the church. And how, how did that conversation come up? About the church? Yeah. She was reading her Relief Society manual one night. On one Monday night, we were talking. I wanted to kind of look educated because I wanted to know, you know, kind of like, you know. Sure, well, why not? Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a well-read man. I want to, <laughs> you know, what you're reading, right? And so um, I asked her what she was reading, and she said she was reading a Relief Society manual. And I'm like, Relief Society manual? I'm thinking back, you know, and I'm going, Relief Society, Relief Society. Okay. It sounds churchy. It sounds maybe Masonic. Maybe she's an Eastern star or. You know, but then I'm going, what church have I ever had heard of that has a Relief Society? And I hadn't heard of one. And I'm going, Relief Society? I'm like, what is that? And she's like, well, it's, it's an auxiliary of my church. And I'm like, well, what church do you belong to? She said, well, I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I'm like, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Wait a minute. That's the church those late, you know, late night infomercials, you know, about family. Isn't it about <laughs> yeah. time and all that? And she yeah. was like. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we have some have some commercials. I was like, "That's really a church," and she was like, "Yeah, it is." I was like, "I just thought they played a bunch of commercials about family and you know passed out <laughs> books or something." She's like, "No, it, it it it's really a church." She said, "But most people refer to us as Mormons," and I was like, "You're a Mormon?" <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "No way, you can't be a Mormon." She's like, well, "Why do you say that?" I was like, "Cause there are no black Mormons, right?" Because I'm thinking curly Q. You know, black hat with the brown oh, horse like and Jewish. buggy. No, you know, I'm thinking, and she goes, that's Amish. And I'm oh, like, oh, okay. How intelligent do I look right now, right? <laughs> not scoring as many points. As yeah, not, not, not at all, right? <laughs> and she's, her, her smile kind of went into bewilderment, kind of like, no, what, who's this guy? And uh, so she said, no, it, it, it's, 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 you, you've just met a black Mormon. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea that you guys existed, right? <laughs> Thought you, you know, you were kind of like the uh, what? What is what is that? The the uh, Loch Ness monster or the oh, yeah. uh, Bigfoot folklore? Yeah, right. And uh, so we begin to talk, and you know, I started asking her questions about the church. Well, what do you believe? You know, and she said, "Well, only been a member for about two years, and so I don't really, you know, want to tell you anything wrong about it. So, but if you really want to know, I have some friends, and I'm like, That's right, really." You belong to a church you can't tell me about, but you have some friends. She's like, yeah. If you like, you can come over to dinner, and I can introduce you to them. And I was like, dinner with a beautiful woman? Okay. Works for me. And so I met the missionaries or went to her house, met the missionaries. and So it was pretty pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess at one point in your, I guess, your conversion to the gospel, you t- take the missionary lessons, and you had these kind of preconceived understandings or notions about what Mormons were, what they mm-hmm. believed. Mm-hmm. And eventually you come to a point where you you get to this doctrine on the priesthood ban or what's been referred to as the priesthood ban. Right. And so at some point you had to deal with that. Yeah. How did you how did how did that I guess piece of history first get introduced to you? Okay. And how did you respond to it? After the first discussion and and again the book goes into real detail about my first discussion, but to answer your question, I was all excited and ready to get baptized. And after the missionaries left, after I had dinner with Sabrina, 
and the missionary, they left. And Sabrina looked at me and she said, I need to tell you something. And I'm like, that's never good. You know, that's kind of like the, oh, we need to talk, you know. And I was kind of like, I was like, well, <laughs> you know, you got to be, uh-oh, this is not good. She told me, you know, we need to talk. And I'm thinking, okay, we need to talk. So what do we need to talk about? And she says, well, prior to 1978, black people couldn't hold the priesthood. And before you joined the church, I don't want you to feel duped that you didn't know this and nobody told you. So I want you to know all the information up front before you decide to join because it looks like you're, you're pretty excited about this. And I thought to myself, whoa, 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 back up, back up. Okay, first of all, you're part of a church you can't tell me about. Now you're telling me that prior to 1978, black people couldn't hold the priesthood. Okay, I got two questions for you. Question number one, what's the priesthood? And number two, <laughs> how come black people can't, couldn't hold it? And she looked at me. She said, the priesthood is the power and authority uh, of man, to, of God, that men have to act upon, you know, to act, of, uh, to, to act upon the earth or that God extends to men. Why black people couldn't hold it? I don't know. Pretty honest. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, you done fell and bumped your head, <laughs> right? <laughs> you riding a short bus. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Just wait till these missionaries come back. I got something for them. So since she couldn't tell me, we scheduled another meeting. And when the missionaries came, I went back out to Sabrina's house and the missionaries came and they walked in and they shook my hand. I'm like, okay, yeah, come on in. And uh, they kind of looked at Sabrina like, well, okay, well. So, yeah, come on in, have a seat. Got a question for you. All right. What's this priesthood thing? How come black people couldn't hold it? Now, my missionary kind of looks and goes at <laughs> oh, Sabrina like. Big swallow. Right? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. Before we left, he was ready to get baptized. Sabrina, what did you do? <laughs> she turns around, politely turns around, and finished doing what she was doing in the kitchen. And so. My missionary opens up the scriptures, turns to 2 Nephi, chapter 5, verse 21, and begins to read it. And I'm thinking to myself, as he's reading, I'm like, what? 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 After he stops reading, I looked at him and I go, so what you trying to tell me then, elder, is that black people are cursed? And with a straight face, he looks at me and says, yes. I was like, that's it. Game over. Yeah. We're done. Get out. I literally put him out of Sabrina's house. Get out. It's over. Don't call me. I'll call you. You know? I'm like, uh-uh. No. This is ridiculous. It's crazy. So uh, I left, went, went home, and I prayed, and I was crying. I was praying. I was crying. I fell on my knees. I paced back and forth, and I just kept praying and asking God. I'm like, you know. Father, this I know this church is true. I know that you brought me here. I know, and again, the book goes into detail how I got this revelation. And I'm going, but Heavenly Father, this right here, no. I can't handle this. This, there's no way you're racist. There's no way you could be a part of anything like that. The scriptures teach us, you taught us, that you're no respecter of person. So how is this even humanly possible? that this could be the truth and this is how it was done. And I don't know how long I paced and, and 
fell on my knees and cried. But after a while, Heavenly Father spoke to me and said, first of all, if you're going to allow this to hold you back, you've been allowing your skin color and what people think about your skin color to hold you back all your life. Mm. And if you're going to let this hold you back, then you don't deserve the truth in the first place. Wow. And I was like. Bitter pill. Yeah, I was like, well, wait a minute. You don't, you don't have to be like that about Heavenly Father. You know, I mean, we can we discuss this civilly, right? <laughs> you don't just got to slam me up against the wall, you know? And uh, hurt my feelings, really hurt my feelings. But it was truth, you know? And I said, okay. And he said, then he went on to tell me that if I was to trust him, that he would reveal to me and show me and teach me why this happened from the beginning to the end. Hmm. And I would know. But I had to go through a process of learning that. And if I was willing to trust him and believe in him, like I had committed to doing, that he would reveal it to me. And so I said, okay, I'll call the missionaries back. And we finished the discussions. And I told him, I said, but we're not going to talk about this blacks and the priesthood thing. How about that? They were like, you ain't going to tell us <laughs> twice. Yeah. If you're good, we're good. <laughs> so. So yeah. I guess, I, and I don't mean to ask anything too personal if it's something you don't feel comfortable talking about because personal revelation is a very sacred thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, you did come to some understanding of this. Yes. Uh, would you be willing to share what that is? Sure. Or is it too hard to explain? No, or Okay, no. go ahead. Sure. Uh, that it was never doctrine of the church. Okay. Right? Like the church has already had, had put out recently with the, with the new uh, a statement that the church yes. put out. I learned it in, nine, in 2006 that it was not part of the part of the doctrine of the church, never was. Uh, David O. McKay got some research. Uh, David O. McKay said the same thing, that it was a practice that would soon come to an end. Um, and then uh, my good brother and friend and mentor, Darius Gray, did a podcast mm. and uh, shared it with me, and I found it on the Internet. This is before I even met him, um, but I had found it, or I believe it was emailed to me. Okay. And I got a hold of it, and it goes through the whole timeline. And I begin to study and research this podcast and uh, the timeline of it and saw that it was a moving target, and nobody knows when the date actually started. And it's believed to be here, but then it's here, and then it goes here, and then it goes here. And, well, wait a minute. It was never revelation. It was never given as revelation, nor is it doctrine. It's, and so that's how Heavenly Father really really helped me understand it and, and be able to teach it. Well, I definitely want the link to that podcast if you yeah. still have it. Yeah, I'll we'll, get it for We'll you. actually put it up with this episode. But <laughs> you're now involved with uh, the Genesis Group. What, what is the Genesis yes. Group for people that don't know what it is? Um, the Genesis Group was established in 1971 by Thomas S. Monson, Boyd, Junior Apostle Thomas S. Monson, Boyd Kate Packer, and Gordon B. Hinckley, along with Rush and, Rush, Rough and Bridge Fourth, um, Darius Gray, and Oren... Oh, his name slips me. That's the one that I lose from time to time, but it'll come <laughs> to me here. Um, but it was set up. It was set up to help retain African American members in the church, and so uh, because we were losing quite a few sure. of them, because it was 1971 prior to the revelation, and so the uh, junior apostles and and these three men got together to come up with an idea of how to retain African American members. And what needed to be done to to really strengthen the testimonies of African Americans, and the Genesis Group was a result of, of that. And now you're you're a second counselor. Yeah, I'm that? a second counselor. In the so presidency. how does that work? Is this a calling then? It is. 
It is. It's so a, is it? It's a church organization that you've been called to. Who calls you to it? Um, the president, President uh, President Harwell, actually called me. Well, Heavenly Father called me. Sure. Through through, through. Uh, as President Harwell will tell you, uh, it wasn't me. It was God. God called him. But um, President Harwell received the revelation. It was really historical for me because my wife and I had started a Genesis group in Columbus, Ohio, back in two thousand three. And before we even realized that we would even be in Utah, because we never thought we would be, when President Harwell called me and extended the call to me, uh, it was, I mean, you think about, you know, the men who have gone before me and, and have been a part of that presidency, uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, we've only had three presidents. One has already passed, which was Reverend Bridgeforth, great man. I was actually, I spoke at a, because uh, I'm part of the high council and I spoke at a Award last Sunday, and one of the brothers got up after and came up to me, and of course it was quite a few people that, that, that stopped me and talked with me. And uh, one of the brothers said, "You know, you remind me of Ruffin Bridgeforth." He and he he knew Ruffin Bridgeforth, and he didn't know that you know that I was part of Genesis, or he just said, "Do you know? Have you ever heard of him?" I said, "I've heard of him." Yeah, I got that one. And, uh, yeah, and uh, he just really said, "Your spirit, the way you speak, your charisma." He said, "You really remind me," which I was totally honored and. And I told him that I was, you know, the second council in the presidency. So we've had three. This is our third presidency. So if you look at historically how far it goes back to 1971 with, you know, the junior apostles that mm-hmm. I mentioned, it was really historical for me and very, 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 very touching that, that Heavenly Father would ask me to take upon myself that responsibility. Absolutely. As you've mentioned, you, you have a book coming out. You've yes. referenced it a few times. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it'll come out in October 2000. 15, I believe for now it's called From Baptist Preacher to Mormon Teacher. It is. Do you know it if that's going to, is that just a working title or is that, that's how it's going to stay? No, it, we, um, that's it. That's, that's it. it. We, we've right. got the cover and everything today. Today uh, it, it was approved. And it's, I mean, the title might be a little bit obvious, but is this essentially your story that we've kind of shared tonight, but in much greater yeah, detail? Yeah, it goes into, it goes into pretty much all the detail, uh, not only past, but, but uh, as well as present and some of the things that, that, you know, I've dealt with. Cool. As, well, as, as a member. Do you have any websites that you want to point people to? Yeah, um, you can go to uh, my, uh, my website is uh, com, and Wayne is spelled W-A-I-N-M-Y-E-R-S. So it's uh, and uh, or you can go to uh, From Baptist Preacher to Mormon Teacher, which is uh, my uh, Facebook page. Okay. And uh, like us there, and you can kind of keep up to date where I'm speaking. I think I, I speak at BYU here on the 5th. Okay, uh, in February. Of February. So I'll be speaking there. And then there's other uh, there's uh, other events, places that I'm speaking. So Excellent. Any other concluding thoughts? Uh, no, just Nick, thank you for, uh, for having yeah, me. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you for, thank you for coming in. And I'm looking forward to reading uh, your book when it comes out. Thank you again for coming in and sharing your testimony of, of really kind of trusting in the Lord, and, yeah. and He will guide you. I mean, yeah. that's really what happened from... Eight, right? Yeah. Age eight. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Well, thanks again for coming in. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rise Up. This has been a production of Fair Mormon. This and other podcasts are available at fairmormon.org. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of Fair Mormon or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes under the name Mormon Faircast. Questions or comments can be posted at blog.fairmormon.org in conjunction with this episode. 
Tune in each week for another episode of Rise Up. Thank you for listening.